powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Welcome, Oilers fans, and I suppose some other fans. How are you doing tonight? My name is Dennis Lee. I'm bringing you the post game tonight on SDPN's Game Over Edmonton. And boy, that was not a fun game. It's the pre-Christmas game. This is the last game we'll see until the 27th. And the boys better do some reflecting. But first, let's go ahead and uh, address our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Hello there, chat. Hi there, Nico Dog. Thank you very much for being here. Lindsay, good to see you again. And you're right, Nico, that sucked. The Oilers almost did a reverse version of what we normally see. Normally, the Oilers start off slow and then eventually pick up pace. And eventually, once they find their stride, no team can stop them. This was the opposite of that. This was a team that started out the gate so strong especially against a Canucks team that was tired, perhaps, from this absolute slugfest of a game they had last night against the Seattle Kraken. Great game, amazing comeback story. But you gotta think, if you're the Oilers, you're playing against their third-string goaltender in Colin Delia. You gotta win these games. Good teams don't lose games against other teams that are on the back-to-back, struggling to stay in this playoff contention race and playing their third string goalie. Stuart Skinner, he didn't get outdueled. I thought Stuart Skinner had pretty much no chance on some of these goals. The first one that just bounced over him, that's a tough break, isn't it? How many times have we seen stuff like that happen to the Oilers and not against The Oilers just don't have that puck luck. I liked the start. You have Delia. He's maybe not the most tested guy. You throw nine shots at him. Vancouver doesn't get their first shot until like six minutes in. Nine one on shots. Too too bad. You go up 2-0. And the team just gives up. It's in the bag. Posts for two periods. And there were some guys that played really well. It was a very physical affair. I think Clem Costin, man, he's really endearing himself to oil country. He's saying things like, you know, I'm learning from Zach Hyman. I'm learning from Dreisaitl, how they protect the puck, bring it up into the zone. I'm a second liner now. Second liner. He's playing with Nugent Hopkins and Yanmark. I mean... That's a pretty solid line. If you say they're a third line, that's a pretty good third line. Too bad. Doesn't matter if he's playing well. Doesn't matter if Fogel and McLeod, who, you know, recently came back from injury. Doesn't matter if they're playing well. The Oilers as a team 
just seem to give up some periods. Don't want to play. Lindsay in the chat, ever so positive. No worries, the season's not over. You're right. Season's not over. But when you have a team that is supposed to be a cup contender, you gotta win games like this. You gotta win games like against Anaheim, right? Anaheim played their third string goalie, lost to Anaheim on a sun or on a Saturday. Feel bad for Zach on that broadcast. Hopefully you guys feel bad for me on this broadcast. Uh, there's 21 folks watching live. Let's set a little bit of a goal. 21, Clean Costin. Can you do something for me? There are seven likes right now on the video. Please, let's pump those numbers up a little bit. David in the chat. By no means is the Oilers season over, but if they lose enough games over the next few weeks, that's a tough climb. Now, I disagree with the second half of your statement. I don't think they'll be sellers at the trade deadline. I think this team has to go for it. Doesn't matter what position you're in. You got to go for it. Leon Dreisaitl? His $8 million contract, which is a bargain. Such a steal. That's not going to be sticking around for much longer. If you want to even keep him. You're going to have to start making waves. You're going to have to throw your weight behind this team and start making some moves that show that you have faith in this core. Some stranger says that third period was garbage. I agree. The third period, I mean, I feel like the second period, even though JT Miller got two goals, I think the third period was worse. It was two relatively lucky goals that went in today. One off of uh, the JT Miller blast that kind of clipped Stuart Skinner's shoulder, went straight up into the air, skyward, and then just dropped right behind him into the net. That's a lucky one. What can you do? But the same kind of deal happened in the third period. Except for it wasn't as much luck. Yes, the Bo Horvat goal, his first one tonight, was pretty lucky in how a shot from the point hit the boards, bounced right to his stick. He got to tuck it in. But that was one of the plays where I thought it exemplified the Oilers' weaknesses on defense. The entire team just loves watching the puck. On that particular play, it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I love Nuge. Everyone loves Nuge in oil country. You, you can't blame the guy for, you know, sticking through years of the decade of darkness, signing a team-friendly deal just to stay in Edmonton. All that's fantastic. But it's part of that system where five guys, they've been pinned into this defensive zone for a little while, and they're all just watching the puck, tracking the puck with their eyes. After that point blast, Nuge saw where Horvat was. And then he chose to turn his head the other way for a second. Trying to get position, see if there's other people who are trying to take a shot. But Horvat's right in front of the net. In the blue paint. There's no defenders near him. You, you gotta rein that guy in, right? The same thing happened 
on the fourth goal for the Canucks, right? Four Oilers in the defensive zone. Three of them collapsed on the sideboards. Three Canucks on the sideboards. You know where that fourth Oiler was? Darnell Nurse was near the other faceoff dot. No one was really there. Don't know why he was chilling in that zone. Saw the play that was happening, tried to scramble back into the slot area, but too little too late. The slide block worked on one attempt, and that turned out great. Bit of a slide block, started the transition the other way, but that was way earlier in the game. And when it's a 2-2 tied game, it's very, very different than when you're down already 2-3 and you have to score a goal in the next little while. That sort of play is just one of the main reasons why I think Darnell Nurse is having such a difficult season. Yes, there's that mental effect of his contract weighing on him. I think the pressure of Oilers fans, Oilers media, are weighing down on him. Yes, he had a couple of really bad giveaways a couple games earlier. All of these things weigh on a guy. And even though he's part of the leadership core, he's supposed to be a veteran. He's supposed to be a guy that can shrug it off. It still weighs on you mentally. So Mikheyev in the slot snaps a nice clean shot home. Then the Oilers start to hustle, right? You're down two. There's five minutes left in the game. We're going with the nuclear option of putting McDavid and Dreisaitl together again. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Empty net. Too little, too late. There's nothing, there's nothing you can really do when you put yourself into those positions. And of course, we saw two of the biggest Canuck names score tonight. JT Miller. Having, score, having signed a big extension, some especially on perhaps the other broadcast on my friends at Game Over Vancouver would say is uh, one of the worst contracts today on that team. Well, maybe the OEL trade. That's up for debate. You can ask them. But JT Miller puts two away tonight. That's unexcusable, right? He's got that same contract on his back. Yeah, he's been snake bit for a little bit. But boy, the Oilers just giving guys chances, giving guys opportunities. And Stuart Skinner can't save them all. The other guy, Bo Horvat, I mean, great season for him. Might be playing his way out of Vancouver, out of a Vancouver uniform as soon as the trade deadline. And you've heard me on this show say that I would love Bo Horvat on the Oilers. Doesn't look like it's going to happen at this rate. <laughs> Even if we take him in as a rental, I don't think he's signing here after that. And wow, with the points that he's putting up right now, we don't have the assets to get this guy. What we do have the assets for is some help on the D zone. We've been saying it again and again and again. There's already been a couple comments in chat tonight saying, hey, how about paying for Jacob Chitrin? The other's existing D, 
they could use some help. If you can get someone to take nurses' minutes away just a little bit lower, bring them somewhere around that 20-minute, 21, 22-minute range, that'd be great. Maybe it's not Jacob Chitrin. Maybe you go with someone who's more defensively minded. That's okay. Just get them some help. Now, the one thing I will say is the reports on the Oilers' interest in Joel Edmondson. I don't think that's the answer. I think you need someone who is 100% bordering top pairing and second pairing. Joel Edmondson, I think... He's not in that zone. You need a guy who is either a two-way defender like Nurse, who's able to take some of his minutes away, or someone who is just a defensive stalwart. I know my co-host Zach, who is off on a little bit of a Christmas trip. You guys can follow his uh, adventures on Twitter. He always has said, the Oilers just have to go for it. Get Jacob Chitron. As Lindsay says, Zach's boy, Jacob Chitron. I like how you knew what I was going for before I even said it. Um, yeah. There's definitely a need for some help here. And hey, Maximus, uh, Maxentus Decimus. Welcome. I've never seen your name before, so thank you very much for being here. Just here to say Campbell five times five. Boy. <laughs> Way to rub it in. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Damn. Just making it hurt a little bit more. Um, yeah, Stuart Skinner tonight, 862 save percentage. I, I don't think I don't think the four goals that he led in were really his fault. A couple of weird bounces, a couple of cross creases that, you know, he robbed a couple of guys earlier. We can't keep asking him to do that again and again and again. Here's the question. If we had to upgrade, if the Oilers in this Christmas season had to receive a gift from, let's say, Papa Holland, what would it be, right? Goaltending, we're locked in. <laughs> we're, we're not giving up Campbell. The only option here is to hope for a bounce back. How about on offense? Well, some people have said that the Oilers should just play to their strengths. Why bother defending? Outscore your problems. It's worked for us in the past. Maybe. Maybe that's the option. But from our reports, we don't really have anyone who is a top six guy in our sights. Not only do we have to factor in the fact that Evander Kane is going to be coming back from injury, fingers crossed, hopefully very soon. Sounds like the reports are that his injury status is it's healing fast, but it's a wrist injury, right? So even if he's back, you have to worry about tightness in the wrist. Kane, he's a physical guy, but he's also got silky hands. And if you can't really rely on those hands, especially if we make the playoffs, fingers crossed, we make the playoffs. We need a little bit more offensive help, maybe. Well, that's one aspect. But I think we can all agree, some help defensively, trading our first round pick, which 
we have available, that'd be great. For the offense, a second, a third, that's fine. You can get pretty serviceable guys on second round picks. Moving on to a little bit of thankfulness. Hey, it's the holiday season. I know it's not Thanksgivings, but I'm one to appreciate what I get. Giving is half the thing. The other thing is receiving. So what have the Oilers received this season so far that has been, you know, quite nice? I think on offense, the fact that we finally have Clowder, Vogel, Yams, these guys have come back and it looks like they're boosting the whole team. I mean, Clem Costin has been a great story as well. Yanmark looks like he's playing amazing now that he's with Nuge and uh, and Costin. I think we can be thankful for the fact that our depth guys, including Derek Ryan tonight, who scored a beautiful goal off of a breakaway pass from Fogel. Beautiful. I'm happy that some of our depth guys are scoring. What else? Well, I'm happy that Stuart Skinner is our number one guy. Not 1A, not 1B. He's number one. We locked him up to a three times 2.6, which, boy, I am thankful for, because I feel like at this pace, Skinner could have played it out, gone into the offseason, and commanded a little bit more money. But he's a hometown guy, Edmonton raised. I'm glad that he took a little bit of a discount. Now, defense. I know this is the one place on the team that everyone is angry about let's try and find something happy i think marcus niemalainen the emergence of him as a reliable defender and he'll get better he's a relatively deep round pick so the fact that he's come up put in minutes for this club and played pretty well tonight very physical this was one of the games where the oilers i felt like channeled what they had last game against dallas a physical affair against a top top team first in the central they took that tried to use it in this game and on paper that makes sense right the canucks came off of a a back-to-back there's they should be tired they should be a team that you can perhaps beat in some into submission just have their legs wear out on them didn't happen. But Marcus Niemalainen is one of our big storylines, I think, on defense this year. The other, maybe, is Broberg. We haven't seen a lot out of him. At this point, another big story might be trading Broberg for someone who's that stalwart defender. Someone who's on D, reliable. And at the same time, Someone who's speedy, like him, able to transition the puck up. I wonder, I wonder what name that would be. May begins with a J, ends with a... Or last name begins with a C. That's that. Moving along, I think there's a couple of things. I disagree with Loomis in chat. I think there are some moral victories here to be had on the season. This game... Maybe not. 
But we can be we can be honest as well. The Canucks have been a lot better than how they started this season. Um, if we if we talk about you know some of our other co-hosts on the network, I think they wanted this team to tank, right? It's it's a team where you lose seven of your first games, seven straight. Maybe you think of it, you go for a rebuild, but they've come back strong. The Canucks, midway through, they're picking up steam, trying to make their way back into the playoff picture. And yesterday's win against the Kraken and today's win against us, we have to watch out because the Pacific Division is close. And at this point, with the exception of maybe Anaheim and San Jose, it's up for grabs. Could be five teams making it out of the Pacific. Could be three. I have no idea. That's just how wacky this division is right now. Um, just incredible. Adelia was solid and, you know, we shut down a bit defensively. I agree. I think, as always, we have a propensity in Edmonton to lose games we should win and to get goalied. Delia did that tonight. At this point, it's not getting goalied. We just can't play a complete game. 34 watching live on New Year or Christmas Eve Eve. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, 13 likes. Could pump that up a little bit. <laughs> There's something to be said about teams like the Oilers, right? And it's a core philosophy to being a person. Do you take your strengths and just push it? Win by your strengths? Or do you try and shore up your weaknesses, right? We've explored the fact that Hey, on defense, that's our weakness. We should probably try and boost that. But how about going the other way? If we were to secure guys like, you know, your Jonathan Taves, your Patrick Kane, your Bo Horvat, right? Guys that make an offensive difference. Have him first, second, third line. Anywhere in there, they fit. Boy. Wouldn't that be amazing? You saw Ryan McLeod tonight playing fourth line minutes. Clowder is going to get paid. He deserves more minutes than third line or fourth line. I mean, 948 tonight. The guy either stick him on the wing. Have other guys take Take fourth line C. I mean, Derek Ryan, he's shown that he can do it. Can you imagine loading up our top three lines with just the speediest, softest hands? That would be amazing to watch. Uh, also, just incredible. Nice bear jersey. Thank you so much for noticing. I'm of the belief, I am one of the Oilers fans that believe we had a gem in Ethan Bear. And you saw that out there tonight, too. Ethan Bear was good. Uh, he played 21 minutes tonight. He was the third highest 
defenseman in terms of ice time. Um, Ethan Bear, just someone we we let go because we ch- tend to chase players out of town. Oh, Lyndon Wong also noticed the Bear jersey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, that's a new name as well. Yash Singh, that's a new name as well. Thank you very much for being here. I'm hoping that the Oilers can turn it around after this Christmas break. Because, boy, this team is too talented to be in this place right now. This is entirely a self-driven problem. The Oilers just, at times, don't show up. It's not a skill issue. We have some of the most skilled guys in the NHL. They just have to give their time. They just have to be able to put in an effort night in and night out. Consistency. How many forms of the Edmonton Oilers have we seen this season so far? We've seen the run and gun. We've seen a defensive stalwart. That St. Louis game, that was pretty good That defensively. We've seen this physical type of play. The Oilers, they can play every style but they just don't excel in any one of them. Pick a lane, go for it, right? Vancouver showed up, Edmonton didn't, Kimo Mon, hey, thank you for showing up. I'm glad you did, but you're right. Max, Max Entis, the others are not that good. I disagree. <laughs> There's a reason why I follow this team through years and years and years. Even before McDry, there there are moments in Oilers history where you just you have this incredible underdog belief, right? The Oilers are a team that should be able to beat anyone in the NHL, but they just aren't able to do it right now. No consistency, says Kimo. Exactly. There's just no consistency. James B, maybe the Oilers need another three first overall picks. Hey, I, I would always say to the uh, folks over in our game, game over Vancouver chats, in our game over Montreal chats, in those, in those uh, WhatsApp chats, I've always said, guys, the secret is just to draft a generational superstar. And we have one coming up. Would it look good? To have Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid only if we win a cup in the next two years. <laughs> Can you imagine hanking for Connor Bedard at this point in time so that we could dominate for two years and then not be able to sign any of them? <laughs> Part of the disappointment is just the fact that we had such a strong game in Dallas. You're right, Chemo. Such a strong game against the first in the central, someone who we should be at that level, right? And then you go to this. You lose against teams that are banged up, teams that are missing their first goalie. Just unbelievable, right? Honestly, there's so much possibility left in the season that 
I'm a positive, I'm an optimist, right? Zach is someone who comes in, gives his emotions, sometimes a bit too much on the negative side. Avery is a calm-headed man. He's seen the Oilers through decades and decades. Man's got facts. Man's got the inside connection. I am the eternal optimist of the group, right? You got to have that balance. Someone in the middle, someone in the know, someone who's maybe looking at things a little bit too negatively, and someone who's trying his best to bring optimism <laughs> night in and night out. Marcus Marositz, that's a new name as well, from a Canucks fan. GG, good game. Your team was the better team tonight. They played like they wanted to win this game. And last night, they also played like they wanted to win that game too. Props to you guys. After the start that you guys had this season, climbing up to 15-15-3? Am I right on that? If the Oilers can come back in this new year, well, there's a couple more games until then, but if in the new year they go and just give it their all, this team can go far. It's just that they haven't done it enough. And that leads to interactions like this. Oilers fans across town, you know, multiple podcasts. There's plenty of content in this city. Everyone's been down. What can you say? This is a team that you expect greatness from, and they just don't deliver my biggest fear right now is not that the Oilers don't make the playoffs I think the Oilers are still in a position where they will make the playoffs my biggest fear is a step back first round exit cue the Toronto memes going to the conference final last year has almost been a dagger to these guys because they came into the season with that on their back, and they just can't carry it right now. Yash Singh, do you think the Oilers are not trying? I think they're trying. But something's got to give. If this is the effort that we're getting, we're getting guys whose heads are swiveled just to look at the puck, that's not good enough. If we get defensive play that is simply sliding in front of every shot, trying to make the, take that away, I don't think that's trying hard enough. Playing the body, being physical, that's something that I love this game. But I'm missing the Oilers of yore, where sh sticks were in lanes. Guys were just blocking the puck, taking like a Chris Russell type mentality. Guys were taking big shots. Not any shot wristers let campbell take him like let skinner take him you don't need to block those but the big one-timers big blast from the point those are tough those are tough you gotta get in front of those give your goalie a chance Holland equals the new Jim Benning. Dude needs to go. Lindsay, he's the highest paid GM in the league. 
You heard on the broadcast. They said, Holland is a patient man. He's testing Oilers fans' patience. I'd, I'd be concerned that he's testing the Oilers players' patience. They need some help. Holland, do something over the Christmas break. The roster freeze has happened. This is it. Look around the markets, make some phone calls, see what you can do. Marcus asks, do you think it's finally time to get rid of Pooley Honestly? Yes. But not for the reasons that you might think. I think Pooley I'd love to keep him. I think he's gonna take off in this league. He's gonna be like a Valerie Natushkin. My biggest thought... He's got to be like Valerie Natushkin. He's got to go somewhere else because he's just lost faith in this market. There's the fans who are against him, but there's also his own self-pressure. He's debating not playing in the National Hockey League. He played well tonight. Honestly. Pugliarvi isn't the reason we're losing games. He's trying to hustle. You see him out there. Extra late practices. He's on the ice with Drysaddle, learning how to shoot the pill. He's learning from guys like Hyman, learning from guys to box out players, to hit. I think Clean Costin is having a great effect on Jesse Pugliarvi. He's showing Pugliarvi that, hey, you can hit your way. You can out-muscle your way. You can out-effort your way into a higher lineup but we'll see i'd love to have yesi puliarvi stick around but i know that's not going to happen by the end of the season he's either going to get traded at the trade deadline or he's going to walk away in free agency because we're not going to qualify him at three million and even if for some reason we do this might not show up might choose to stay in Finland because that's that's where he feels best. And honestly, I just want the best for the Bison King right now. I'd love it if it was in an Oilers uniform, but if it isn't, so be it. Free Jesse from Oilers Media, says Lindsay. You guys are not included. Thank you. <laughs> We're trying our best to to just pump up our guys, you know, we're nearing the end of the show tonight guys i'm sorry it's a low energy affair i was so ready to come in say that the oilers were playing a tough physical game after that first period two nothing no quitting 4.1 seconds left in that first period no quit no they quit it was just they quit during that first intermission. Vladislav, Vladislav Glavrikov. Yes. Uh, I think the Jackets will probably move him. Gavrikov, I think, is a great player. He's a defensive guy. I'd love to have him on this team. I don't know what it's going to cost. 
if it's second and a prospect, I'd do that. A hundred percent. If it's just a first, yeah, let's do it. Because if we're going for Gavrikov, we don't need Chitrin. Tyler Theroux, also a new name. Hello. Trade Holland for a random fan. That would actually probably trade for Chitrin. Hey, I mean, I'd be the oldest GM if I was offered. I got this nice SDPN polo. I wear polos. I can put a suit on. OEG? I promise I'll even shave every day. Some stranger, Nuge had a rough night. Nurse is consistently bad. <laughs> yeah. Nuge had a rough night. Nurse, some sliding plays. They just got to figure something out with him, man. Thought they had a good game. Oilers just couldn't bury their high danger chances. Daniel, I'd agree. But the situation is that in the second and third period, more so the third period, there were way more plays where it was just a board battle loss quick little turnover or a takeaway a knock just a quick knock of a stick and that killed our offensive momentum i think if the oilers are hustling moving their legs that usually doesn't happen marcus asks is fogel worth the money he didn't in the past you know i would even say that even though ethan bear is not on the carolina hurricanes anymore i would have said that we lost that trade but he's starting to play his way into it. I think Warren Vogel has been incredible as a stopgap for the missing Evander Kane. He's a tough question. Over the entirety of the, you know, over the entirety of the summer, everyone was saying Vogel's going to be gone. We need the money. He's still here. And I'm kind of glad he is still here. Uh, 40 watching in chat. I've been streaming for 40 minutes, 40 watching. That's incredible. Thank you for being here as I just word vomit into a microphone for 40 minutes. Love you guys. Uh, 19 likes though. Can we get two more? I'd love to see two more. Let's get to that clean cost in number. Lauren, hey, Lauren, the host of Game Over Toronto. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Dennis, what is your magic wand trade? It's a tough one, but if there was one thing that needs to happen is the Oilers need to get better on defense. Is there one player that the Oilers would definitely like right now, or at least the fan base would like yeah jacob chitron <laughs> that's the guy if there was a magic wand trade that could happen that'd be the one because it makes the fan base happy we get a guy who's under team control for a couple of years perfect for this window as long as he stays healthy there's a couple caveats in there but i hope you like the answer hey 27 likes all of a sudden 
Thank you so much, guys. Love it. Sorry for blowing your eardrums with a clap. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much for the likes. Um, yeah, better on defense. That's the hope. Hey, even, even if it wasn't a trade, if I could wave a magic wand and suddenly have someone take the minutes, suddenly have Brett Kulak take on the playoff minutes that he did last time, that'd be amazing. That would be my magic wand moment. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your likes. Thank you so much for watching 42 minutes of me around meandering over after a loss. Uh, I'd like to wish you all very happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. If you guys just have a fantastic rest of your week, that'd be great for me. Uh, one thing that I'd like to plug, maybe you want to sign up for the SDPN newsletter because, uh, you might've noticed wearing a nice polo, got a nice SDPN shirt right here. And we got game over mugs and game over stickers. Now I'm not going to say that there's a sale coming or anything. But I will say, it might be a good idea. Tune into uh, tune into the newsletter. That's it for me tonight, guys. Next game is December twenty seventh. It's a Tuesday game against Calgary. I'm gonna be hosting that one again. So if you liked the solo show tonight, if you want to come back maybe a little bit rounder after a couple of Christmas turkeys. I'll be here Tuesday. And I'd love if you were here as well. So that one is going to be a 7 p.m. puck drop right after the game ends. I will be live with you. And then to end off the new year, got a couple of shows from Zach and Avery. That's it for me tonight. Lauren, fancy SDPN merch. Yes. Yes. Literally ordered more stuff. Fantastic. Hopefully you guys like the stream. If you like more content like this, follow us on Twitter. Dennis Lee, Y-E-G. If you want to hear more broadcasts like this, subscribe to the SDPN YouTube channel. Like us on Spotify. All of that. That'll be it for us tonight. Oilers lose to the Canucks. We'll be back on Tuesday. Good night. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.